0: This is Sporting Max with Max Becker on SEM. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Sporting Max in the Road to One Hundred. We've got, a, I've got a man right here with me on Zoom. He's coming from Cairns. He's one of the Cairns Taipans. He um, came off the bench. Late, I think might have been one of the sec- second last game in the season for you guys. I think that might be right, Ben. Um, Came out and killed against Melbourne United at John Kane Arena. Ben, uh, air. welcome to the podcast, Ben. Uh, it's an absolute honour to have you on, man. How are you doing?
1: I'm good, man, Maxie. I appreciate you having me, brother.
0: Now, Ben, I want to sort of start off by getting into your childhood and, you know, what was growing up, I guess, like for you?
1: Yeah, um, I had a pretty pretty good uh childhood had um I grew up with three older siblings so I got an older brother and two older sisters and obviously my parents um grew up in Melbourne like eastern suburbs of Melbourne um all my older siblings played basketball pretty much um early in their life so I just being the youngest just kind of picked that up um but yeah other than that pretty pretty stock standard childhood I guess nothing nothing crazy just just worked hard went to school um yeah, and like I said, from a from a basketball perspective, um, played at McKinnon um, from like under twelves to under 18s Wow. Um, yeah, and then moved to Sandringham, which is a local club nearby, um, for for a season in like my older years. And then after that it was kind of like off the college, yada yada. yada so but yeah, childhood wise, pretty pretty standard, man.
0: <laughs> so what is I mean, what's the what's the program and facilities at McKinnon like and their coaches and things like that to help you develop as a player?
1: Uh, it's completely different now um, but growing up it was a small small family um, of people and a small community basketball club um, had a few good coaches there in, in my time but just really developing from a young age just having a ball in my hands when I'm you know five six seven being around my, yeah. my siblings um, just getting used to it and then just kind of falling in love with it from there seeing guys at the state at the um, or what is the NBL one level now, but like Big V and Siebel, just watching guys from that level, um, they were kind of like the, the big thing for me at that age. And especially being from a small club, um, I always wanted to play in that level and kind of surpass that now, which has been awesome. But yeah, McKinnon, small, tight-knit community. Uh, I feel like I got a lot of values, core values moving into my life from there. So um, pretty cool, cool environment to be around.
0: So um, what was school like for you? School? Yeah.
1: Schools, was school – uh, it was interesting. I went to um, prim- St. Anthony's Primary School, which is in Glen Huntley, um, which was uh, – don't really remember a whole lot, you know, at that age, but um, primary school was primary school. Obviously, I learned a bit, made friends. Um, and then moving to high school, I went to, to De La Salle in Malvern, um, and that was a bit of an experience, you know, going to all-boys school um, – just, yeah a lot, a lot of things you learn a lot of things you probably sh- i learned that i probably shouldn't have being around just a bunch of bunch of lads all day yeah. um <laughs> but yeah school was pretty pretty breezy for me i'm not i wouldn't call myself a, you know an amazing student or anything but um i showed up to class and tried to do the work as best i could um but it was obviously just basketball pretty pretty heavy basketball related in everything i did at school so yeah
0: can you tell me about how you got an opportunity um to go to, over to American you Near know, Play College Basketball?
1: Yeah, so that was uh that was a long process in itself. I had to um, probably hurt a little bit, but Joey Wright, someone who I've been connected with who used to coach at Adelaide, coaching NBL for a long time. Um, I think you yeah. actually did a potty with him, yeah, didn't Yeah,
0: him? yeah, I've done podcasts with him. He's yeah, so isn't
1: that? he? Yeah, he's a good man. Joey's yeah. a good man. So um yeah, he, he's kind of just helped me every step of the way, but even as far back as that um, got in touch with the original story was I was, I was heading to Portland state. So Portland state's division one school. Um, they had an assistant coach who Jeff Har- uh, Haranaka, who was a great man, but he was recruiting me pretty heavily at Portland state. He actually flew out to Australia for like oh, three wow. days. Yeah. So he comes out. This is when I'm like 17, 18, flies out to, <laughs> yeah. flies out to Melbourne, yeah. has dinner with my family, works me out. Uh, meets everyone, yeah, yeah, and it's basically just like, sweet, when I get back to America, I'll send you the papers over to sign. So I'm like, cool. It's like a dream come true. You go on Division I school, um, all, the, all the good things. And then we, he gets back, and it's kind of delayed here and there. I'm sure there's a million stories like this with college, especially that Div One level. Mm-hmm. Kind of got delayed and delayed and delayed, and then the head coach ended up just saying, like, oh, we're not going to take you. Um, so then I went to a small school in similar area so portland's on that west coast and it was the school i went to skagit valley was like half an hour 45 minutes from seattle um so that was actually through portland state that connection um to that small school so yeah headed out there and then um yeah stayed there for two years and then ended up transferring to a a division two school so kind of a blessing in disguise that that dream got that division one dream got crushed, but I going back in time, I, I probably wouldn't want to have it any other way. So yeah, it was a long process and a crazy one, but I feel like everything is in, in life at this, at this point.
0: Um, now, can you tell me about, um, you know, the connection and what's it like being so close to Seattle, you know, being close to a city, being able to go watch um, some possibly WNBA, NBA games there. Yeah,
1: it's cool, man. It's a, it's a really cool experience. Um, Washington's a, a beautiful part of the world um a lot of hiking a lot of outdoor kind of similar to cairns in a way but a bit more city with seattle being there um it didn't have the nba team which was frustrating so there's really no nba games um in my time in seattle or there hasn't been in, in a while um went to the, went to the nfl to the, the seahawks game seattle seahawks that was an experience um yeah, but it's a really rich basketball culture out there in Seattle for sure. Even without the NBA, a lot of a lot of talent comes from there, um, college level. There's obviously Washington. I think uh, Markel Fultz was he was at Washington when I was in at junior college. So I went and watched yeah. a couple of games and yeah. saw him play. So he was he was incredible. One of the best best players I've seen in person. So there's definitely some some cool basketball experience I had while I was in Seattle for sure.
0: So like to go to an NFL game um, compared to, you know, attending an AFL game back here in Australia or an NRL game? Uh,
1: it's different. It's very similar, but it's, I think, just a lot more like colour in terms of people who are wearing their team's stuff, like far more like face paint. You see that at yeah, the yeah. AFL, but you might see face paint on like a 10-year-old versus you go to America and you see face paint on a 45-year-old. Yeah. So like, <laughs> fan got the whole family they're wearing stuff and they got signs um so basically like in afl with the with the cheer squad you know how the cheer squad's really yeah, yeah, yeah. like quite popular and they're full-on supporters it's like that but the whole crowd the whole stadium is to give it a good picture um but environment wise like an afl game especially like at the mcg or something is atmosphere is, is pretty it's pretty similar um but seattle they're crazy crazy seahawks fans so it was it was cool
0: um, now, so what was your
1: college experience like for you? College was great, man. College was great for me. Um, I kind of went a different path, I think, to a lot of people. Like, coming out, I wanted to go D1. A lot of guys now want to go D1 and, and girls, of course. Um, but, like, I, that story I just told kind of forced me into that junior college and then Division two path. Um, but, yeah, I, I wouldn't have changed that just because – I think Division I, it, it can be risk not risky, but you can go to a school and then just sit the bench or the coach might not be for you or they might not like you or they're just bringing you out there for, um, for their own reasons and they might lie to you through the recruiting process. So for me, junior college was, was amazing because I got to go there and just play right away. So I was playing, you know, starting, playing 30 minutes a game. Um, you get to develop as a, as a player by playing and then obviously being away from home, you get to develop just as much as a person off the court and find your feet um, as an adult. Uh, and then the same thing with division two, moving from a, a junior college to a division two program, obviously there's a, a step up in, in play, um, but I had the same responsibility. I was brought in as a starting point guard and play 30 minutes a game. And you just really, you're really involved in the team versus if you go to a bigger school which is really cool. And it looks cool. And, you know, you can post on your Instagram that you go to this school and all that, but if you aren't playing, then it's really not benefiting, benefiting your career. Yeah.
0: So now what was your uh, college experience like off the court? Um, And what did you study to, you know, keep you going?
1: Yeah. I studied um, communications. So some people call it like a sporting degree, standard sporting degree because that's what a lot of people do, but, um, It's the, the degree. Actually, I got a lot out of it, um, being able to speak publicly, things like that, learn, learn to do that. Um, but then yeah, off the court, just, I still got some of my best friends. I would call my best friends in life, um, over in America who I met through college. Um, yeah. So, I mean, the off court experience for me was, was great as well. It, I lived in some tough places like Kansas was obviously cold, snowing, completely different to, to what it's like in Australia. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I loved every second of it. Couldn't really complain. Um, yeah.
0: So you were in the All NWAC team in 2016. What's it meant you are to be recognised as one of the best players? You know, in the conference or division.
1: Yeah, it was cool. Um, super cool. And especially at the time, being a young guy going over to another country and and getting some recognition and um, yeah, making a, a All Conference team. It was. Definitely, at the time, it was it was an amazing feeling, and I think I was just looking at it to try and boost the or bolster me move, moving forward into another school. Um, so I didn't really reflecting on it now. Um, yeah, it's definitely a really cool achievement and it's something I, I don't think I was striving to do or set out to do, but just you know, so be it happens. But so that was yeah, it was cool.
0: How would you find that movement from junior college to a dip to college, like you mentioned, um, that bigger step up in play?
1: um it was it was it was good for me um I didn't find it was definitely a step up in play um but something I'm I was always looking for kind of was ready for that next step um I just think any game any level I'm at I feel like playing at the high a higher level is just it's better for any player because you're playing with better players so you obviously you become better um just by being around better people but facilities were like a huge step up locker room is like amazing and how they care for you or, you know, they do your laundry, you're washing every day and stuff like that. Like junior college is just like free for all, all for you. So you better just show up and be a training, you know what I mean? Yeah. And be ready. <laughs> um, but, you know, Division 2 is a lot more, um, it was a lot more controlled and they had people doing stuff for you. So that was, that was a nice step up. But yeah, gameplay, I, I felt like I was ready for it. Um, yeah, so it was just nice just to, to start playing at a higher level.
0: So in 2019, you came back to Australia, uh, signing with the spectra sorry, in the NBL1. Um, can you tell me about the decision to come back home uh, over to Australia? Uh,
1: yeah, I was coming back. I think the NBL1 season was halfway through. So yeah, it was, was kind yeah. of tough for me to – yeah, it was kind of hard for me to find a team. Um, probably had some local teams like McKinnon or so – can't remember exactly, but I could have probably gone back to, but um, was just trying to yeah, challenge myself, play at a higher level. And Dave Dave um, was was the head coach at Nutterwatering at the time, who I'd kind of had some previous relationship with, but not really. Um, but he was just kind of like come in. I knew how he coached and he was just very like free for all, like come in, just play, um, just hoop, which is exactly what I wanted. So uh, that was really the main decision. But looking back on it, I had Shane McDonald, um, Tom Wright, Andrew Steele, like a whole bunch of guards who had been there for years uh, that <laughs> I was probably yeah. never really going to play over. Um, obviously Shane, I was backing up Shane McDonald who was playing 30 minutes a game, and that was never going to change. So in terms of actually playing, it was probably a bad decision, but great, great group of guys, learned a lot, and obviously we won the championship. So, it was, yeah, I guess it was worth it.
0: So what was that championship experience like for you?
1: It was cool. Um, it, was, it was my first pro- taste of like professional basketball, really. Uh, or not not my first taste, because I had some before college, but um, just actually being a part of a group and actually playing minutes. I had Lucas Walker there as well, so he was a great guy to learn from. Um, he was like a obviously a, a veteran NBL player at the time, and like I said, Shane, Tom Wright, um, Simon Conn, Dane Stella, all those guys, Stilo, Costa, they, they all, all those guys were just, they were already professional. Like they knew how to deal with, like deal with different things and um, they just played the game the right way. So I think I just learned a lot sitting back and training with them every day. But um, yeah, I learned a lot from Shane McDonald that year. It, whether I did, he knew, knew it or not, I was just kind of watching and learning from him. So yeah, it was so, a good experience for me.
0: So how'd you get an opportunity to go and play with the Adelaide 36ers as a developer player, I think it was?
1: Mm-hmm. yeah as a DP uh, well Joey Joey was the coach that year yeah.
0: um, so I have had, had a previous
1: Great. yeah I had a previous yeah previous relationship with him um, but also I definitely felt like I was ready for that NBL level whether it was with Adelaide and Joey or with, with another team I felt like I did enough at at, um, at my colleges at, at Newman and um, to to gain that spot somewhere so yeah it really just came about through Joey though I mean he just hit me up like let's just do this, come here opportunity. And, and yeah, we just rolled from there.
0: Um, So what was it like to play alongside the Adelaide 36ers? Um, you know, they've got, they've always got such experienced guys, um, especially when you've got a coach like Joey right there, you know, he's going to bring in the right guys for the right team um, at the right time.
1: Yeah, it was an interesting year. Um, it was definitely an interesting year. Joe, uh, so we had, we, there was a bunch of different guys we went through. We had, um, like at the start, we had Deshaun Taylor, uh, DT, as a, he was our import point guard. Then me and him had a good relationship. He was a good dude, good hooper, learned a lot from him. And then he left and we brought Jerome Randall in. Um, and Jerome was just like a pro's pro, um, was ready every day, warming up, um, just make sure his body was right, it was very rarely injured, showed up every day and put a, put a performance on, uh, like, on the court was always ready for it showed up to practice did his job so uh he was definitely a guy who i didn't necessarily have a close relationship with him or we didn't talk a whole bunch but he's just another guy another elite point guy that i've been around um that i learned a lot from in my years at adelaide um but other than that just made like lifelong friends again like jack mcveigh anthony drimmick alex mjandra those three are like brothers to me and then joey obviously is there brendan Tees is is the same he he uh, well he actually put us in contact so yeah, but yeah. Teezy,
0: shout out Teezy, to Teezy, my,
1: yeah shout out to teasy man we gotta shout out to teasy that's my guy so he's done a lot for me in my life he was there that year um, so yeah a, there was a lot of guys it was a fun year it was a it was an interesting year on the floor but off the floor you know it was great made a lot of friendships and and learnt a lot professionally and, and basketball wise so
0: then understand you want to play in Lithuania so What's it like to play uh, in an overseas country, a foreign country that don't, uh, I assume, don't speak um, English? What's it like communication-wise on court?
1: Yeah, man, it's interesting. It's different. Uh, Lithuania was very, obviously a very random spot, but um, Brock Modem, he put me on to his agent who actually helped me get a job out there. Yeah. Yeah, so he was playing in Lithuania uh, quite a while back, a few years back. Um, but yeah, his agent helped me out because I got a job there, and just kind of rolled with it. I was like, whatever, let's just let just yeah. go do it. Pretty <laughs> yeah. random. Um, it was it wasn't an easy time living over there. Like you said, there's uh, no one speaks no one was speaking English, very little if if any. Um, they speak Lithuanian or Russian. Um, and then on the court is kind of like you know, coach would be calling a calling a timeout. He'd be talking, yada yada, yada. and I'd be looking at our assistant coach because he's he speaks a little bit of English so he can translate to me something. I'd be like, so what, what, what's happening? What's, what's he saying? He'd just be like, nah, just, just go play. I'm like, all right, right,
0: right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah.
1: Good in that aspect that there's no real pressure on you. Cause if they say like, what are you doing? Then you're like, well, I didn't know what you're saying. So, yeah. and they, they, they are good like that. They, yeah. they'll kind of just let you play your game, but if you're not performing as well, they're like, they'll just get rid of you. So it's pretty cutthroat out there, but it was also fun. Um, just fun playing in a different country, you know? And they, they love basketball in Lithuania. It's like religion. So it was cool.
0: So can you tell me about the difference you noticed between um, the step up and down between the NBL one and the NBL?
1: Mm, um, yeah, there's a massive difference. Obviously NBL is just like the pace of the game. Everyone's playing at a high level. No guy that comes in is like, you got to respect every single person that comes in. Um yeah, even even guys that don't play like uh, elite basketball players, you know. Um, so so yeah, but even like that Melbourne game, like in no in no league in the world, obviously NBA and stuff like that. But are you gonna see like, I got a guard Delavidova, then I got a guard Lee then I got a guard uh, Agada,
0: Agada, you got a guard Udai Baba.
1: Yeah, and then on this yeah. on the flip side, I got all four of those guys guarding me and just rotating through like um so like you're never you know what I mean, that's like that's never you're never gonna even get close to that in NBL one. Yeah. Um but in, in saying that though, the NBL one is nothing to joke about. It's very serious, like there's some amazing players that aren't in the MBL that probably should be in the MBL. Um so you can't really take too many nights off, or if any. Um but yeah, there's definitely a there's definitely a jump, um, especially in pace, physicality. You know, big men are super legit. Um, yeah, some big boys out there in NBL, so.
0: <laughs> Looking forward to coming up against Brendan Tease in NBL 1?
1: I am. I am. I'm playing TZ. I can't wait. can't wait, I got some I got some things up the sleeve for him. Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> I, I saw. Think, I
1: don't think I've ever actually played against Teasy in oh, a wow. real game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that will be fun. Probably a lot of trash talk too coming his yeah. way.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, now, can you tell me about how you got a, landed a spot at the Cairns Taipans? I mean, you landed that spot um, with new coach Adam Ford coming in. Um, what's he like as a coach and how did you get that opportunity under him?
1: Uh, yeah, that opportunity came around. Just uh, I think a few people gave him a call and was like, you got to check this kid out. Um, I was kind of at a weird stage of my career there. I was like, do I go back to Europe or... I just kind of wait around trying to play in New Zealand or play NBL one and try and prove myself. Um, but then yeah, 40, me and 40 called spoke on the phone. He was like, you can come up. I can't really promise you anything. Um, but like, we'd like to have you as a, as a part of our group, I guess, as a, as a training guy. And if anyone goes down, like, we're happy to put you in. Um, so I was just like, yeah, might as well just took a chance on myself and, and the whole situation. Um, yeah. And then 40 as a coach, he's, yeah, he's a great coach. He's very, he's very honest. Um, he just tell you how it is, which as a player is, is all you want, you know, whether you're doing something right, he'll, he'll tell you or he won't tell you, but if, if you're doing something wrong, you're definitely going to hear about it, which is, which is good. So you can make adjustments, um, and then, you know, not stuff up or, or get better as a team from there. Um, so yeah, holds, holds guys accountable and, and just wants that same from you. Wants wants you to be honest with him and, um, yeah, he's been a great coach to play for, uh, especially in those last few games. Kind of just put put some faith in me and just gave me the ball and let me play. Was, obviously, we didn't have much to play for with not making the playoffs, but for me, it's like heaps to play for. And yeah, so I appreciate him for that for sure. Would
0: also like to play alongside someone like Scott Machado Um, early in this NBR season.
1: Yeah, Scotty, Scotty's unreal, man. He just from day one. Um, same same thing I said about Jerome. Um, and even like Shane, Mac like just watching Scotty go about his business he was obviously injured early on so it was tough for me to really see him playing I guess but when I got there I mean he's working out on his off days Um, just taking care of business getting extra shots up when he can Um, and then obviously day in, day out you got to see that guy on the court at training it's it's like not not the best (laughs) (laughs) it's a tough guy to see between him and Taj like trying to guard those guys at training um, yeah, it was, it was difficult, but that's how you get better, I guess. So, yeah, learned a lot from Scotty and just being around him and seeing his IQ and the way he sees and reads the game is, is like on another level. So, learned a lot from him, for sure.
0: So, what's it like when he goes down and you you got to step up and come in to, coming, um, to the roster for the season?
1: Um, yeah, it's kind of bittersweet. You don't, you don't ever want to see someone go down, especially um, especially a teammate. And especially someone like Scotty who's had such a tough year with injuries as well. Um, so obviously felt for him. Um, but yeah, I kind of knew looking around, it's like, I'm not really sure who else they're going to bring in. So kind of knew that my time was, was coming and just had to, I've, I've been prepared for a moment like this for for a long time, just by training. And, um, obviously there's, there's guys I've mentioned I've been around NBL guys and I see what they do and what you need to do to prepare for games. Um, so I was I was kind of ready. Obviously, you get a bit nervous, just like holy moly, yeah. like this is about to, ha- you know, I'm about yeah. to start and this is about to happen. And then when you're really in the moment, it's it's even crazier um, standing out there. And the first game I started was against United, so I got like Delhi and Goulding and all these guys. I'm just like, man, I gotta <laughs> I gotta get ready, yeah. like I gotta get ready to play. Um, but yeah, just trying to stay in the moment the whole time and just really lock into what I have to do stop them and what I had to do to try and win the game. So, yeah.
0: So what's it like when you come up against someone like Matthew Della or Shea Illy um, on the defensive end and you got to guard them because you you can't give um, someone like Adele or Illy any space because they're going to knock it down in your face.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, they're tough. They're obviously both talented, uh, both good offensive players. Shea's, Shea's super quick. Um Difficult to stay in front of. And and then Delhi's just like crafty. uses his body well. Um, He's he's very strong for for a player at our position at at the point. Um, Yeah, but, I mean, for me, it's just – it's awesome. Those are the guys I want to play against. You know, you want to play against the best guys and challenge yourself and see where you're at. Um, Yeah, so it was fun for me. It probably gave me more – it shouldn't give me more motivation because playing against anyone in this league is – is going to be difficult and it's going to be a long night for you. But those guys, especially, like, I was I was very prepared for, especially that second time we played them. Um, yeah, and you just kind of want to show them. As much as you want to show yourself and your team and everyone, you kind of want to go at those guys and just show that you're not just going to bow down to them or anything like that.
0: Now, against Melbourne United, in one of the last games of the season for you guys at the Cairns type End, you came out, had 20 points and 10 assists at John Kane Arena, Blew the roof off the house, um, like what was that game from like from your perspective? I mean, you were only yeah the only one in th- out of three players alongside uh, uh Perth Wildcats Bryce Cotton and Vic Law. So how does that make you feel?
1: Yeah, it's cool. It's obviously a milestone game for me in my in my career, but I um can't like hold on to that too much and act like you know I still I'm still not like still haven't had a contract in this league or anything, so I can't hold on to that and be like, look what I've done. It's just one game, you know. Um, but in the moment, it was, yeah, it was, it was a pretty special moment, so, especially so, playing in Melbourne. Yes. Yeah, so,
0: so at the game, like, how were you um, prepared going into that game mentally and, and physically too? Uh,
1: honestly, kind of no different to, to all the other games. I didn't do anything special. I didn't actually feel great before the game, to be honest. Wow. I felt a bit. Yeah, it felt a bit funny. Um, I was pretty nervous just because I had family. I had, playing, being from Melbourne, I had so much family there, um, and I knew they were going to be there. So, had, like, aunties, uncles, my brothers – well, my brother, my two sisters, uh, mum, dad, obviously. And then I had heaps of mates there as well. Yeah. And I kind of – I didn't really know what to expect. You know, at the time, it was just cool to even be out there and for them to see me starting and playing. Um, Let alone putting up numbers like that. So – yeah, but in terms of the game, I didn't feel great. I always have, like, a bit of, like, not – I wouldn't call it hate, but I have this weird thing with Melbourne. Like, even though it's my hometown, I feel like I never got enough love growing up playing, like, whether it's state teams or anything like that, which I never played. Um, so, I was just kind of, like, in yeah. a bit of a mentality or that mentality. Like, like everyone, time.
0: just get out of my way I'm going to scratch the bucket.
1: Yeah, I'm just yeah. going to try. <laughs>
0: I'm not putting up with you, JLA. I'm not putting up
1: with you, JLA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly so um uh, had some words for the crowd too and they started booing me which is fun it was all funny yeah. you know what I mean like it was yeah, cool yeah. looking back on it
0: uh,
1: yeah it was it was a cool night obviously a lot of things happened in that game um but yeah just trying not to hold on to it too much and maybe reflect on it in you know more years years to come um but for now it's like where can I go from here and how can I use that game and use the last those last few games to kind of set me up moving forward
0: so, are you looking at going? Are you looking at staying in Cairns um, for next NBL season?
1: Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's kind of out of my hands right now. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll see. I'd love to be in Cairns, and I, I love I love living here. Obviously, chose to stay here in the off season. Um, it's a beautiful city and, and all that, but outside of that yeah it's, it's it's kind of outside of my hands so I'll just take care of my own business here in the off season NBL one and just continue to try and play well and put myself forward um, and then yeah so we'll see if there's possibly other team or we'll see we'll see what happens so who do you
0: think's going to win this NBL championship
1: this year? I'm going to go with the Sydney Kings I've had Sydney a pick Kings, for big a while call. Yep. and it is a big call I got a $50 bet on it with uh, Taj
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who's he picked? Um,
1: he's got United.
0: He's got United. Yeah.
1: Yeah, which is fair. Um
0: well, Corey Homicide's got the Jack Jumpers.
1: That's a tough one after yeah, last yeah. night. Didn't <laughs> <you>? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but I like Jack Jumpers too. I like I like that team. I like the way they play. Obviously, they got Jack. Jack McVay. That's my guy, and he's been playing so well all year, especially the second half of the year he's been killing it. So yeah, exactly I, out, on, I would
0: came ho- out Monday night uh, sorry, last night killed it.
1: He did kill it. So I, I hope that they can they can pull that one off, but I I'm not sure. United are looking very solid and they make some adjustments. They got so many threats they're just they're just so good. Um but yeah I'm gonna go with Sydney. I'm still gonna stick with my guns. That that's gonna be a good series with the Aurora. Um but I like Jalen Adams man. He's he can he can play and I think the ball's in his hand, something good's going to happen. So I like, I like Sydney. I'm going to go, I'm going to stick with him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, Ben, just to quickly finish off, um, what's your best advice to anyone who wants to be professional basketball and, you know, be successful like yourself and make the NBL? Mm,
1: it's a good question. Um, I'd probably say, right. It's nothing. Nothing's really quick. <laughs> you know, nothing's going to happen. Um, you still got me?
0: Yep. Yep. I've got you. Have you got me?
1: Yeah. Yep. You still got yeah, me yeah,
0: there? Yeah. I've got you. Yep.
1: Um, Yeah. Yeah. I, w- I would just say nothing, nothing's going to happen quick. Um, so just, you kind of got to build up some, some habits that you rely on daily um, that, that will push you through. There's going to be times where you've got nothing or no one's looking at you. Um, and those are the days where you can't, you kind of can't continue to think about it, but, and, and you kind of got to fall back on your habits. So whether it's, I don't know, something you do in the morning or just working out every day, um, yeah, but definitely daily habits in terms of, in terms of working out with intent and working out, um, with a purpose and, and actually trying to get better at something. Um, and then also, when you have those days, the, the high days where where people are giving you love and you might play well, is, is the same thing. You, you fall back again on onto your habits. So you know you might have a really good game one night. People might be like, oh, you're you're great. Yeah, yeah. We're looking at you for this Say You're getting recruited for college. You're gonna have college coaches messaging you. you can't wake up that next day and think you don't have to go work out just because you yeah. had a good a good yeah. game. Um. So yeah, my, that'd be my advice. Is just build up a good workout routine. Good, good daily habits and don't spoken? let anything. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You hear me? Where did yeah. I get up to? Ah, uh, don't let anything like sort of get in your way. What?
1: You there? Hmm. I don't know where I was at, but I was just talking. Yeah, yeah. You got me?
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you are up. Right. You are up right, sort of
1: uh,
0: um like. Where, like, at the end of your advice and um, the intent to work out every day.
1: Yeah, so just you just can't. If you have a good game, um, can't wake up the next day and and think that you you don't have to work out anymore. And then same thing if you if you have a bad game, you can't wake up and think, oh, it's all over. Like I played bad. Or so my thing would just be to continue to work, um, make it a part of your your daily habits and then nothing again, nothing's going to happen quickly. So like for me, um, you know, I'm like 25, 26, I'm 26 now and I'm now just getting my first opportunity. So it just depends on how much you really want it. And if you do want it, just stick to those, stick to those habits till, till it happens and it'll happen one day.
0: Thanks Ben so much for coming on the podcast today. Um, and putting aside, you know, half an hour, an hour or so, your time to come on and have a chat. It's been an absolute honor to have you on.
1: Thank you, Max. I appreciate you, man. You're the best.
0: Thanks, Ben. Stay tuned, everyone, for some more Sporting Max on 11.16 SEN.
1: This is Sporting Max with
0: Max Becker on SEN.